0: What is up, Wholesale Chameleon family? I'm bringing you guys back with Tower Player, Jake and Austin, that I met at um, one of the Collective Genius, one of the real estate mastermind that I go to called Collective Genius. These are millionaires, multimillionaires, some of the biggest, badass real estate investors in the country, all combined into one um, mastermind. So it's such an honor to have them here, to share with you guys. But I don't want this to be um, like an interview. What I want to do is I'm going to have them share with you guys, kind of break down their business and share with you exactly how they started and how they got to where they are now. They started out at the age of 19, now they're at the age of 23, pumping out 250K a month. All wholesale, hotel, I mean, you name it, these guys, they're crushing the game. So if this interview adds any value to you guys, please show uh, my guests and myself some love. Boom, smash the thumbs up. It really helps out with the YouTube algorithm. you're new to the channel welcome to the wholesale 2 million family be sure to boom smash that subscribe button turn on the bell notification so when i upload a new video or when i go live you guys get notified but no further ado help me welcome jake and austin from uh where you guys from man new york new york (laughs) all right man so um, Austin and Jake, uh, first of all, I mean, like I said, I, I don't want this to be an interview. I really want this to be kind of like a conversation that we talk if we were at CG. Um, but for those obviously that don't know you guys, could you share a little bit about kind of your stories, your background, and kind of how you got into uh, the real estate game, man?
1: So Con, can you hear us? Can you hear us? Hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, it kind of echoed just a tiny bit, but I think we should be Okay.
2: So yeah, basically, uh, we started when we were 19, we had two options, we, we both dropped out of school, so our parents gave us two simple options and they made it very clear. The first option was, you come back live with them, they'll put us back in school, we'll go back to work in a nine to five path. Or the second option where they said you have to go, go on your own, leave, and you know, do whatever you want to do. So we decided the second option was best for us. We, we moved out of our house, we uh, got a one bedroom apartment, you know, not too far from where we were living. And then we started, we found out about wholesaling, started wholesaling, um, and it took us seven months, not one month, not two months, not three, seven months, probably a little longer than that, to actually get our first check. So during those seven months, we'll explain kind of the tribulations and the, the downfalls we had, and hopefully we can bring your listeners some value so they can get a deal faster. But it took us a while, and now we're all, you know full-time real estate, and we love it.
0: Love it, love it, man. So now, um,
2: so how much was your first uh, wholesale deal? It was a little bit under twenty thousand, like nineteen something, but it felt <laughs> gotcha, like twenty thousand so, because we had no money. So,
0: hey, dude, now, w- w- hey, what I want to know is, um, so when you get started, do you get started as like a partner, or how do you find each other, man?
1: So we're actually twin brothers, um, and we both went to school, and then when we came home from our sophomore year of, sc- of college, we decided, you know, college wasn't for us. We didn't want to do another two years of not making any money, not making any connections, and just not growing. So we essentially dropped out of school, um, moved out of our home and started our business together. Um, in the beginning, our goal was to ultimately get into the fix and flip business, but we actually bought a course from Cody Sperber, the, investor, uh, the clever investor out of Phoenix, Arizona. The course was titled how to wholesale real, real estate with no money down, no income and no credit. So we s- thought that was a good way for us to get the intro into the business, build some cash, build some capital so we could end up going to do some of those fix and flip deals.
0: Gotcha, man. So now w- w- when you guys first started for the first seven months, man, I mean, how tough is it?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I actually love answering it because it was crazy. It was just so many, so many times you think, all right, am I making the right decision? Yep. Should I go back to school. Were my parents right? Were my teacher right? Was my family right? Was my girlfriend right? And then you have to keep pushing through all these negative thoughts. You know, your brain is the biggest noise. It's the biggest distraction. So we had to together had to say, listen, you know, screw it. We're going to keep going through it. Even though we had no money, even though we had no, no help or anything like that. So that was the hardest. Once we got that first deal, it was like, it was a blessing. Cause we just kept, kept it going. We had momentum. So we needed to get that momentum to get to the next level.
0: Gotcha, man. So, um, first of all, I got to say, dude, you guys a twin brother. Yeah dude i i mean i can tell like uh, you guys you guys don't look like twin at all to me man that's funny we get that sometimes yeah okay so hey now i want to know is so how do you guys how did you got your first deal man let's talk about that
2: so the first deal was actually the tip i'm going to bring up i'm going to share the tip first to your listeners is follow-up is key so the first deal the marketing strategy was a bandit sign so one of those signs you stick in the ground came through a bandit sign um it was actually a six month follow-up so probably like our second or third month we put out a sign then we kept following up with the girl kept following up with her finally got to that point where she actually reached back out to us because we brought her value we kept following up with her she said hey look i'm ready to sell we met up with her we made a deal happen we found a buyer through an online ad to you know a cash buyer and we ended up wholesaling it but it was through a bandit sign and it was a follow-up lead
0: gotcha man so where where do you guys got uh the
2: we had no money, so we would just buy corrugated plastic signs, white, and just handwrite. He would just handwrite, them, really good handwriting, and just, just always handwrite them. Gotcha. And what do you guys put on it? We buy houses cash, phone number. of what's some money signs? What's some money signs? Gotcha,
0: gotcha, man. And how many? And how many of those do you guys put up?
2: So right now, currently, we have a whole banner sign team. So right now, we're putting up about twelve hundred a month, three, four hundred a week. But uh, it wasn't always like that.
0: Gotcha, man. But I, but I guess I guess my question is, how many band sign did you put up uh, to get your first deal?
1: Um, probably doing about seventy five a week. Yeah, seventy five to hundred, maybe. So probably five five
2: hundred to a thousand, probably get a deal.
0: So you guys put up seventy five band sign a week. Yeah. Ding, dude. And you guys did it all by yourself
1: so in the beginning yeah it was just me and him i would drive and you know we'd get up real early so we can get the most amount of time and i don't know if you know this but in new york the winters are cold out here so we'd be doing it in december and january the floor was so hard he would get out of the car drill a hole in the ground so that we can actually put the sign in the ground and move on to the next one so that was one of the first uh ways we were marketing to get uh to get leads
0: man dude i gotta say respect man Yeah, that is, dude, that is freaking straight hustle. Cause, but, dude, putting up band signs, it's, it's, it's not easy, man. Especially putting up seventy five of them. Now, yep. now, the, now, the thing is, in New York, do you guys put it up on Friday, take it off on Sunday, like, or, 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 can you leave it up the whole time?
1: So we we put them up on Fridays, and every Friday we just put them up. Every Friday at five o'clock, we know the building department's going home, so we put them up. <laughs> and if they stay up, they stay up, and if they don't, we put them back up every Friday. <laughs> don't matter, yeah.
0: So okay, so once you put them up, do you guys take it back now again or no?
1: No. We let the, we let somebody either if they take it like if they take it down themselves like a cop or a building apartment person, then we just let them do it and we just replace it the next Friday.
0: <laughs> now, because the thing is I, I know a lot of um I know a lot of people want to get in, you know, doing the bandit sign because obviously, you know, when you're starting out if you got no cash that's probably a, a very cheap way um to do it, but they're afraid that they will get a fine or a city will call them and get in trouble have you guys ever gotten like uh a fine
2: we've ate the cost yeah we we've got a couple of fines not not down, not ten dollars some some hefty amounts but it it's still worth it we still put them up but the only specific areas we don't put them up anymore because of the because of the fines but most of the other areas we we're we're pretty good in
0: gotcha okay so now the next thing i want to talk about is how do you guys go from because i think you know see not everybody get into this business one Will be able to actually do their first deal, and there are people that actually cross the line and did their first deal, but are having trouble, you know, scaling it up to getting a deal close every single month. So I want you guys to dive in, man, and, and, and kind of share, and, and kind of share with us, like, how do you get after closing your first deal? What do you do with that money, and how do you guys continue to build that momentum and start closing deal every single month, man? Share us the secret, man.
2: So the key to, you know, I think, any business is, is reinvesting in. People, processes, and systems. So instead of us going out buying a Rolex, go buying a Lamborghini for Instagram, we said, all right, let's go hire an employee. So the first thing we did when we started making a little bit of money was we reinvested in marketing because we knew the lifeline of the business, you always talk about it, is leads. If you don't have leads, you're out of business. So we kept reinvesting in leads. How do we get leads? How do we get leads? So started with bandit signs. Then we added direct mail. Then we added some cold callers. So we started reinvesting. The first thing we did, which I always recommend, is fill up your pl- pipeline so we re- re- invest p- uh, into marketing. Once the marketing got too crazy, we reinvest into people because you need people to handle the marketing. So that was the next step is people handle the marketing. And the third thing, which we are now still doing, is implementing more technology, processes, and systems.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So when you guys first started, after you closed that first deal, were you guys still going more bandit sign? Or do you take some of that cash in and go into
1: like another? Yeah, so we our goal was to like scale each type of marketing strategy that we do in its own. So once we got real comfortable with bandit signs, we consistently kept putting them out and then we just added another marketing strategy, like you said, direct mail. So once we closed our first deal, we wrote a nice uh, check for our first direct mail campaign. Um, and then from there on, we just kept adding new marketing strategies as deals closed.
0: Gotcha, man. So you guys are now doing bandit sign. Direct mail and cold calling
2: We got a couple more. We more. got a couple more. We do Facebook, we do door knocking, we do text blast. Texting really works for us. So we do like six or seven strategies right now.
1: And just to even give your followers mm-hmm. a nice little tip is you always want to network with the right people. Our our we love to the saying your network is your net worth. So we're always networking with attorneys, with real estate agents, with brokers with landlords, just trying to find that next deal, that next lead that can get us the opportunity to buy a property at a discount.
0: Gotcha, man, great. Oh, dude, there's so much value in this. Okay, so now you guys are doing band assigned, direct mail, cold calling, Facebook ads, door knocking, SMS, networking. Now, for, for the one, for the people that are starting out, and I remember I was lacking this, um in this area when I was starting out is, how do you have the confidence, because I, listen, I. I get people that follow me that are like, you know, 18, 19, like young. Like, they are wondering, like, how, are they, how do they have the confidence to approach people and start networking with them? So, maybe that's something that you guys can talk about.
2: So, I think that, um, you know, age is just a number. And I think it's, just, it's, also a, it's also a myth. You could be 30 and be crushing it, you could be 13 crushing it. So, I think if you're 19, you worry about you, you feeling young. The only reason you would be unconfident is because you're not confident in your abilities to be able to talk to other people. If I'm confident talking to a broker, I can act like I'm forty years old. People, when people see me in person, they don't think we're this age because we just are confident. We know what we're talking about, and we we brought our level up. We brought our standard up to knowing the business. So when you have a good foundation of the business, you're able to present yourself in a high, highly, you know, a good way.
1: And just to add to that, the only limiting beliefs that you have are the ones you put on yourself. So people that say that, that's just a limiting belief. Yeah.
0: I love you guys, man. Such a, such a break. Okay, man. Now, what are, what are some key points that you can give to the people that, let's just say they want to start networking. What are some key things that you want to give them as far as, you know, if they want to talk to an agent or an attorney, right, uh, to get leads?
1: Well, the first thing you want to do is nobody's going to do anything for you unless you create value for someone else. Yep. So if you can go to an agent and say, hey, listen, my aunt might be thinking about selling her house or I got a buddy or this or that, you're just trying to provide value to the person you're building a relationship with them so that they can provide value in return. So just try and provide as much value as possible. One, one quick tip, uh, Connie, I think you talked about this before. Let's say you're getting a lot, of, a lot of leads in
2: and one of your leads you cannot buy because it's wholesale. It, 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 it's not cheap enough. Give it to the agent. Give her a free lead. They get a listing. Great. They're going to remember you next time they have a pocket listing. They're like, oh, this guy gave me, let me call him first. Let me call Tom. Dude. Yeah, we do too.
0: Dead on, man. I mean, when I, when I first started out, man, when I first started out, I did a lot of networking. I talked to a lot of realtors, um, you know, and, and I think, you know, when, when you work with another entrepreneur or a business owner, right. It's always like, Hey, what is in it for me? Right. It's, it's it, but, but, but so many people just keep on becoming and they ask for a take instead of you got to understand that, Hey, when you're starting out, you got to give first before you can receive. I think a lot of people just ask, 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 but they said, Hey, how can I add value to you? How can I add value to you? Right? Because most agents will be like, well, why would I work with you when there's, when there's other investors that I can work with that they said, Hey, this is what they can do for me. And you're doing nothing for me. Exactly. Man. Um, so when I first started out, I networked realtor a lot because realtors, man, they, they are just like us, right? They're always out networking with people. And, 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 and what I try to do is basically, I think you guys are, are, are the same. I don't know if you guys get like any um, on market deal, but when I network with agents, it's all about getting pocket listings, right? Deals that are, haven't been listed on the property. So you're not competing with, you know, 10, 20 other uh, investors.
2: Yes. Yep. Oh yeah. Same we love thing. those. Yep.
0: So now uh with with all your guess, this marketing channel, which one is the best?
2: Great question. What do you think? That's a good question. I mean, I think the highest ROI, <laughs> which is probably door knocking cold calling, because it's so cheap to get into. It's a low entry cost. Yep. I think the highest ROI for us right now is probably SMS. It's, you know, it's quick, it's you get a lot of leads, a lot of opportunities, and a lot of people to talk to. So we like SMS.
1: Our most expensive marketing uh, strategy is direct mail, but they're also the juiciest deals.
2: Mm, gotcha, man.
0: Uh, do Do you guys do any like? um do, you guys do any SEO or PPC? paper
1: click? Yeah, not much right now. We were we were dabbling with uh, PPC, but we're we're staying off of it for right now. Gotcha, man. So now for door knocking,
0: how many people do you guys have a door knock?
2: So we have two full-time door knockers, and we require some of our acquisition guys to door knock as well because they build their pipeline. So we door knock a lot of pre foreclosures, a lot of probates, a lot of niche lists, and we just go after them and see if we
1: can help them out. At one point about the summer, we had about six full-time door knockers and that came down to about, yeah, two to three.
0: Wow, man. Okay. I know that you guys are in uh, New York, right? Yeah. And a lot of people now, do you guys wholesale out of New York? We do. Okay. A lot of people tell me, well, New York are too expensive. To be able to wholesale
1: so what area so what area are you guys uh wholesaling in so we operate in four different counties we operate in westchester county putnam county dutchess and orange um okay. we feel like orange county is the best market for wholesaling because it's lower entry for prices and um you know it's just a better market our westchester county is like the average price home is anywhere from like 300 to five hundred thousand dollars. so when we do get deals there we like to fix and flip because the profit margins are a lot bigger, um, but yeah, we're wholesaling all four of those counties. Gotcha, man. So now let's
0: talk. Let's talk about price range in those four counties. What are we talking about as far as like ARV?
2: So, think of Manhattan's right here. Westchester's is our, our bread and butter. It's it's about 45 minutes 30 minutes from there. So in those that area closer to the city, ARV for a single family house is around anywhere be between 450 to 650, 600. Okay. And then we're typically buying them around 300, 275 to 375 Gotcha, man.
0: Because, you know, I get people also, too, is, um, you know, New York and California saying, hey, Kong, prices here are like 800000 a million, $2 millions. Dude, I mean, I believe that in every state you have a low price, a medium price, and a high price.
2: Right. Yeah, and, right. you know,
0: I always tell, you know… I always tell um, uh, my listeners that when you're first starting out, you know, try to stick with the low price, the bread and butters, you know, the, the 150,000 to 200, the 300. Like if you're living in an area that ARV are 800, like all the houses are like 8, 900, a million. Try to go into another county before you de- before you go into another state, right? Because a lot of people think, oh, my state, because they live in it in an expensive area, but they don't try to look outside of that, and they think the whole entire state are or are, are, uh, uh, like these houses are like a million dollars right but when you try to go virtual when you try going to another state where you don't know anything about it because you probably know your own state better than going to another state. so I always tell them like you got to seek into other counties at a lower price point and uh, start um, marketing there
2: yeah oh, great amen
0: so so now do you guys do it um, do you guys do in other states or just currently right now in uh, that four county?
2: Well, sometimes you know we get always oh, get these deals. Maybe a homeowner lives in one of these counties and he has a property in maybe New Jersey or Connecticut. We'll we'll help them out too there. But we just folks in New York, but we've done deals in Connecticut, New Jersey.
0: Gotcha, man. So you guys are currently doing now wholesale, hotel, fix and flip, and what else?
2: Uh, so we actually have a referral brokerage. So basically, like I was telling you before, let's say ten leads come in. You know as well as we do you're not getting 10 wholesale deals out of 10 leads. You might get one or two. What do you do with the other eight? So for the first two years, we threw those leads away. We're like, why are we throwing these away? So we partnered up with a couple of local brokers. These guys are powerhouses. We refer them out to leads. We get a flat fee of closing or, or commission of closing, and we just refer them out. We do no work. They do all the work, and we just basically are the lead generator.
0: So, okay. Um, Austin, could you share that?
2: Could, could you say that one more time, man? Yeah, so a lead comes in. Hey, Kong, I want 200000 I look at Zillow, it's worth $200,000. we are not wholesaling it. You're not really buying it. If you want to create a finance, you can do that, but we don't do that right now. So what we do is we refer it out to our agent. So our lead manager sets an appointment for the real estate agent instead of the acquisition representative. They go out there, they get it signed. They cut us back at closing as a lead generation company.
0: Gotcha, man. So now typically, how did um, how much do you guys uh, usually make uh, off of that?
2: Um, our goal... Our goal is, I mean, it all depends on the areas. You know, some areas are higher price versus other areas are lower price. But anywhere, we, anywhere between 1500 to $5,000, we have gone to actually 9000
0: Gotcha, man. Because I have people that also ask that, hey, Kong, when I refer out a lead to an agent, typically, like, how much am I expecting them to pay me? So you're saying roughly about 1500 bucks?
2: Well, we get 40% of the gross commission. So if the is gotcha. agent, bringing in $5,000, we are getting whatever 40% of that thing 20. is. 2000 Yeah, twenty. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. So 40% of whatever their uh commission is. Yeah. Got it. Done. Good point, man. Okay.
2: So where did you guys pull your uh uh your list, man? So we love PropStream. Um we just started using Audantic, really good as well. And then list source. So Prop Audantic, and List Source, because all three of those lists have even if you search for the same thing on all three different lists, they're all different lists. So like we use all three of them as well and kind of stack them together.
0: I see, okay, gotcha. Um, I only use, um, I, you know, we currently only use streams. For those of you who want to try streams out, just uh, go to PropStreams.com and uh, you can use my promo code. Uh, try to get a seven-day free trial. Just use my promo code WTM. See if you can get a seven-day free trial. And if you don't like it, you can just disconnect. But you guys use streams and then what else? Less source. And then what else?
2: Our, we just started using Audianton.
0: Okay, and uh, you guys take those so you guys pull the same list from all three companies and then list stack them.
2: Yeah, because like if you let's say you pull a high equity list in this this zip code of PropStream, it's gonna be completely different than list source. I don't know why. It's just different data.
0: Gotcha. So okay. the same.
2: There might be some overlapping ones, but there's also some new ones that you're probably missing if you're not hitting from
1: both sources.
0: Gotcha, gotcha, bro. Now what list? What list uh, do you guys pull?
1: What list? Uh, you know, pre foreclosures, um. Um uh, what else are you free foreclosures, probate,
2: high equity, out of state landlords. We like multi-family, so we pull a lot of multi-family lists, especially okay. if you find owner for like 20 years. They're some of them want to get rid of it, especially right now in New York. you guys that want to hold these properties can't evict the tenants. So a lot of multi-family lists, a lot of niche lists, code violations as well. But there's there's smaller lists as well.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Now where do you guys, when you're first starting out, where do you guys find a uh, majority of your cash buy coming from?
1: Um, to be honest, we, in the beginning, we worked with a lot of VIP guys. So, you know, if we did 30 deals in a year, 60, 70%, we would try and pitch it to a lot of those VIP guys. But over time, after our first year of business, we understood that there's a lot of other buyers that can pay higher prices. So we started networking and, you know, reaching out to cash buyers that have bought properties in, you know, half a mile away from subject property real estate agents that have done cash transactions half a mile away from the subject property um we have an email list for all of our buyers we pull lists for our buyers as well so we do a lot of different types of uh marketing for our buyers now as well
0: yeah gotcha man dude i'm trying to squeeze everything all all the knowledge out of you guys on this like 30 minute 45 minute interview so when you guys are first starting out, man, you're saying VIP, these are, these are guys and gals that buys a lot of property, right? They're savvy investors. They buy a lot which means They got to buy it at a steep discount. Yep. So my question
1: is when you're starting out, where do you build, like, where
0: do you meet those people or how do you build your list?
1: Just networking, cold calling. We, if we got a deal in Peekskill, New York. I'd be, I would call 50 real estate agents half a mile away from, and I'd say, I got a slamming smoking hot deal for your investor. Um, you know, we're going to show, show the property tomorrow. If this is something you could be interested in, please reach out to me. You know, we just, yeah. our whole thing is about just doing more than the, the next person. If somebody gets a deal and they reach out to 10 people, we're going to reach out to 50 because we just want to get that highest number.
0: Gotcha, ma'am. So, okay. So you guys, so basically when, when you guys are starting out, you guys got a deal on the contract. You would, you would network with a lot of realtor realtors to get majority of your cash buyer. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Now, now how do you guys get your cash buyer
1: we go straight to the most of the time we like to go straight to the buyers we'll skip trace the llc's that have purchased properties in the area and we'll pull buyers list and we'll literally go straight to the buyers and you know go pitch them a deal. Love the deal slow things down the agent slow things down you talking about buyer sonar yeah buyer sonar is a really good uh, product we're using right now wait
0: wait uh say that one more time
1: it's called buyer sonar
0: Buyers,
1: b u y e r s. Sonar, s o n a r. Yeah.
0: Sonar,
1: um, and so- A-R. Yeah, a r.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, so b u y e r s o n a r. Yeah. Okay. So this is okay. So this is the company that you guys use now to to get your cash buyer.
2: Basically pulls up, okay, who bought who bought cash? Who privately financed deals? In what areas? Let's say zip code one 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 one. Okay, twenty buyers bought it. Now, who paid the most amount of money? Because why don't you want to know who paid the most amount of money, so you don't call the other ATV people that yeah. you, or yeah. call the two people? So that's what we do now. Wow. Okay.
0: Now, uh, what is their uh, monthly fee? Do you know?
2: They have like it, it's actually part of the Richter list. It's part of our dating. They they created that as well too. So it's like a it's like all all in one package. Oh know?
0: yeah, dude. Uh, and that list cost you guys what like fifteen thousand or
2: something? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So basically for those of you who are starting out, that's probably not you you probably won't be able to do that. Now, but here but here's the qu- I mean, I mean, we pull our cash buy from prop streams. Do you guys find that the do you guys find the data is similar or what?
1: Kind mm-hmm. of
2: similar, yeah. Some of it's outdated to be honest, you know. I wanna see guys that are currently buying, just bought sure. to buy more. So I think some 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 stuff on prop stream is not always the most fresh and relevant.
1: Yeah. And gotcha, we've, gotcha. we've been doing deals in like Westchester County for the last three years now. So we actually know a lot of buyers that will pay a very high price for these properties because there's very low uh, inventory in New York right now. So when there's yeah. a 60% on ARV deal or 65%, 70%, these guys are ready to go.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So for those of you who listen, um, who's listening to this, like we, we pull all of our cash buy just, for, just from PropStream. So what you want to do is that you just, once you have a property on a contract, what you do is you go to Prop Dreams, right? And you just pull everything that's within, just like Austin and, uh, 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 and Jake to share, you pull everything within half a mile of the property that you just got under contract. And then it will show you all the cash buyer, all the cash buyer that bought property around there. And what you wanna do is, um, I think Austin said, you just take the LLC or whatever it is, right? And then you skip trace, find their numbers and then call them up and say, hey, I have a property just three blocks down from where you bought your recent property at this price just want to you want to take a look at it see if you're interested uh uh in buying it
1: yeah right, yeah, right. right.
0: so proctor you can also go there and pull uh the cash buyer list as well now let's talk about you guys let's talk about your current um let's talk about your current layout of your business so if you can walk me through man kind of like how is everything layout out right now what was the question mm-hmm. so so could you break down for me your business of what your current business look like right now like how many people you guys have? What position do they do? And all of that.
1: So right now, I'll start the so we have two lead managers that qualify all of our inbound leads. Um, yeah. We have two full-time acquisition uh, agents. We okay. have one full-time transactional coordinator. One full-time disposition manager. Uh, a newly hired chief operation officer just hired him about 30 days ago. Um, two project managers. One's like the senior and one's like the assistant. Um, and then Austin and I are the owners, and then we have a bookkeeper, an accountant, and you know some door knockers and some VAs. <laughs> gotcha, man.
0: And how long? How long did it? How long did it took you guys to put this uh, uh, this whole team together?
2: It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, a lot of fires, a lot of hires, a lot of more fires. So it's you know you know as well as we do. It's just part of the game. But yep. And yeah.
0: let me ask you guys this, man, because I, I get people ask me this all the time, and uh, and I think you know for your business to grow, it really comes down to is having a good team, obviously, right? Oh, yeah. Now, how do you now how do you hire good employees?
1: Great question. So, because of CG, we have uh, I don't want to say shortcuts, but we have ways to identify really great candidates. We use somebody called Sharper Solutions. Shout out to Gary Harper and Austin McGurdy. Um, we actually use predictive index on our all of our candidates so if you're applying to, for rate to work with us or Raven three home buyers you have to take a personality index you obviously have to send your resume in and we're looking for specific composition um, profiles for specific um, uh, candidates so for instance for an acquisition manager you have to be very good at sales you have to be very good at customer service you have to love people and you have to have a low formality which means you have to be able to get up every day. And if somebody smacks you in the face, you got to be able to take it. You got to be able to get punched in the face and just eat it. So that's what we're looking for people that are mavericks and captains that can close deals and that enjoy talking and dealing with people. Yep.
0: Listen, for those of you who, who's listening, you probably don't understand what, um, what, uh, what Jake and Austin is sharing with you. We paid 25 G's or so to join this mastermind to get all of this like inside. And they pretty much share with you, you know, what we pay to go get and they're sharing with you for free. I did, I did take the, uh, 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 the PI test. And for those of you who don't know what that is, I'm probably going to have you guys explain it a little bit, but it really tells like who you are as a person. So when you decide to hire someone for certain positions, you know, you need to know, are they like, can they close deals or do they just a lead manager? Because if you don't know them, and you put it in the wrong positions. Guess what? It's just gonna drop. It's just gonna drive your business down. And you have to go through a lot, right, to find a good one. But this, um, but uh, uh, but the PI, it, what it does is it helps filter out, right, and then help you qualify the people a lot quicker. So you don't have to hire, train, and then fire. Hire, train, and then fire. But you're able to get, you know, th- straight to the right person. And, so, Jacob Austin, could you guys could you guys explain um, on the P and I test a
1: little bit? Yeah, like you said, it kind of is just a test on it identifies what type of person you are, what type of skill set you have, and what would be the best position for you to work with us. So, when we're looking for salespeople, or we're looking for project managers, we're looking for transactional coordinators. We know what we're looking for. Mm. We know what type of person you need to be. So, if you got a hundred candidates we can scrape out 95 of them and we're going to say, Hey, those five people match up with our type of composition, what we're looking for. These are the five final candidates, obviously do interviews, which they actually do as well for you. And they kind of just put it on a silver platter. Here's your best candidates. You talk to them and they see if they fit.
0: Love it, man. So now let's talk about, um, okay. So let's talk about lead manager who, who is the best, I guess, personality or the best fit for lead manager.
2: That's, a, that's actually a really good question um and the reason being is they're your business because if you don't have good lead managers acquisition will never see the customer so that is a really good question the answer to the question is you want someone who doesn't really that sounds crazy doesn't care about money they care about providing a service they want to answer the calls tell the homeowner exactly what they want to hear the service we're providing and just setting the appointment so we look at hospitality people hospitality people working customer service people that maybe like real estate but really like the customer service aspect helping that client with the phone We're not looking for savages, sharks, like on the phone that are really want to like, it's not going to fit for them. We want someone who's more laid back, able to be collective and able to make decisions
1: um, based on what
2: the customer said.
1: They also like a constant environment. They like doing the same type of things every day. So for instance, with the salesperson, they like being in different homes. They like talking to different people. They like doing different things. That's not the case with a lead manager. A lead manager wants to do the same type of thing every day. Their formality is very high. They just want everything to be the same. So those are the type of people we're looking for.
0: Okay. Dude, Jake and Austin, um, dude, no cap. This interview is probably the best interview that I have done to this date. where I can't do so, the, the guest that drops the most bomb and knowledge right here on this interview. The other one, man, that I've done, not that it's not great. It's good. I would say good, but not great because he, they gave because of me right i wasn't good at interviewing I, I i wasn't good at digging the stuff out of the people so they kind of give like general ideas but you guys are really really giving it man so i dude, thank you so much you guys now let's talk about the purchase manager because dude, purchase manager right or i guess you guys call them uh, what um acquisition right this this is the person that actually locking you up on the contract right Mm-hmm. i know a lot of the people trying to convert someone into a closer so good could you guys share with me what are the what type of people or personality are you guys looking at when you guys are trying to hire on uh uh the uh, purchase i call them purchase manager right or you guys can call them acquisitions
2: yeah good good question so acquisition is completely definitely panic mm-hmm. they're high paced they' quick they're able to uh, act react quickly they have good awareness skills you know like Again, when you want these appointments, the seller's lives is the name of the game. So they got to be good with their mind, have good awareness skills. So we're looking for somebody that's quick on their feet, like really quick, yeah. can handle a lot of pressure. They're going to handle a lot of leads, a lot of appointments. So someone that's good under pressure, quick to make decisions, and that has very, very, very good people skills and building rapport. But at the end of the day, they can ask the hard questions. Because the lead managers don't want to ask the hard questions. Mm. Why don't you go sell with the realtor? They're not going to ask them that. So the acquisitions has to be good at asking the hard questions. So we make sure these guys are good at asking the hard questions, good being uncomfortable,
1: comfortable being uncomfortable and able to close deals. The three types of composition profiles we look for for acquisitions are Mavericks, Captains, and Persuaders. Those are the only three people we'll hire in our business if they're going into the sales team. If you're not a Maverick, a Captain, or Persuader, we probably wouldn't hire you. Nope. Love, man. Okay. Now,
0: how do you guys pay them?
1: Great question. So we have uh, for acquisitions. Yep. So we have a small, small base uh, salary. Plus it's a commission based incentivized uh, structure. So it's 10% of every wholesale fee for all of our paid marketing strategies. And then any type of lead that they convert themselves, which is a door knock, a cold call or right. for a whole referral is 20% of the profits. Wow. Okay. Because we want to, we, we want to incentivize them. Hey, look, We're going to give you paid
2: marketing, but a lot of the time there's no paid marketing going on or it's it's, it's slow sometimes. You want to go out there and start knocking on doors, start making calls, get get out in the field because that's where the money's made. The money's not made looking at your computer, made in the field talking to customers.
0: Gotcha. So now do you guys guys block you up on the contract over the phone or is this all like uh, going on appointment uh, and meeting seller face-to-face?
1: I mean, our goal is to go into the seller's house and to get a contract signed. We have signed contracts over the phone. We've just understood that when you can put somebody in front of an, of the seller in their home in person, we've made a lot more money, bigger wholesale fees, better deals. So our goal is to get into the house.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So now let's talk about the disposition. This is the person that actually sell the deal, right? So once yeah. it's under contract, so what type of now what type of person is that?
1: It's also another sales role. They don't have to be like a shark for acquisitions, but they still want to be. I don't want to say a hard seller, but like a soft seller. So they have to be able to like people, be social, have dominance, and you know take. Sometimes you're going to take a lot of no's to get that hot to get that best buyer. So if you're sending out a property to 20 people, and you know 15 people are not interested, in those other five are, you have to be very aggressive in getting those people in the door, getting the offers across the table, and just consistently you know building relationships and building networks.
0: God, man, I love this. Okay. So here, here's a few last question, man, before we wrap this up, what is the, what is the biggest mistake that you guys have made since the time you start to now? Like what's the biggest mistake that you want to share with the audience and how they can avoid it?
1: Hmm. Biggest mistake. Good question. It's a great question. There's so many different facets of the business. You know, you got to really think about it. Um, mm-hmm. One thing I can I can think in general at the beginning was, in the beginning, Kong,
2: I'm telling you, we did 30 different marketing strategies, but we did every single one of 1%. So 30 times mm-hmm. one. Is three. So that was the problem. We were like, why aren't we getting deals? We were knocking on doors, five doors, putting out signs, five signs. It wasn't enough. So in the beginning, the biggest mistake I think we made was not picking one channel, learning how to doing it, mastering it, and then getting the next one.
0: Dude, oh yeah, dude, man, you, dude, I think, also, I think, uh, you hit it right there, bro. When I first started, man, same thing. Cause a lot of times, you know, people watch, like you watch, so many different people, right? Some person said, hey, hey, I got a deal from Craigslist. Another person said, hey, I got a deal from Driving for Dollars. I got, hey, another person said, I did the rec mail, SMS, RVM, text message. And you're just, you know, just exactly what you said. You try it out. For a week for two weeks for 30 days Ah, you're like oh it's not working oh i heard austin said they did buy sign. boom you went and tried banassign and you tried out for 30 days so you just basically you're just jumping around and just like uh, you use it, man it's not just sticking with one right it's, it's yeah. not it's it, it just stick, it's just sticking with that one thing so find one or two that you want to go all in and just stick with it and i think that consistency that consistency and just being persistent it's going to get you the result. It's not about hearing somebody and then start jumping around. Yes, that's why really. That's why I tell people too, man, it's like, you want to find one or two people that you connect with, and then just follow them instead of trying to follow too many people when you're first starting out. Because what it's going to happen is that it's going to cost a conflict. And then once you start to master the game, then you can start open up a little bit. And hey, I'm going to follow this person, that person, that person, right? And try and get a little bit, um, you know a little bit of from this person, and then trying to mix and blend to your own. But when you're first starting out, the business itself it might look simple, right? Because it is, but it's not e- easy. And a lot of times, when you you get too much information in at the same time, you're just gonna overwhelm, and you just ain't gonna do anything.
2: Yep, agreed. Now,
0: okay, so that's the okay, so that's one. Now, what about one biggest? Um, I guess one biggest thing that got you guys from just like now, one tip that you want to share that actually helps you guys to escalate and take your business, like, like start ramping up.
1: Does that make sense? I would say that probably yeah. For raising private capital, that's probably been the number one thing that's helped us elevate and get to the next level and accelerate at a quicker pace. Mm. Uh, In the beginning, you know, we were using a lot of our own cash we were slowing things down because we you know capital is a big thing in this business if you don't have a lot of it you can't do a lot of fix and flips and you just can't do as much as you want so i think raising private capital and just outsourcing some of the non-monetizing tasks in the beginning would have helped us uh scale a little bit quicker
0: gotcha you know i actually forgot to ask you guys this man do you guys have any mentor or when you first started out like oh yeah i'm sorry You, you mentioned uh the cody thing right
1: yeah but that we just bought a course that was just a course bought for 300 bucks
0: Okay. So yeah. did that course help or, or did you guys hire mentors?
2: We actually crazy story. We actually on our first ever call off the bandit sign wasn't the, the, the deal we got. It was the first ever bandit sign call we got. We walked into the house and there was, there was this guy there and uh, he told us he was a chiropractor long story short. He actually ended up being a house flipper and through him, we actually found one of our, one of our partners now business partners, and also one of our considered mentors who flips a lot of homes in Florida. <laughs> And he helped us a lot in it get get started in the beginning. So we did have somebody to help us out.
0: Gotcha, man. Okay. All right, you guys. We're gonna wrap this up, man. So Austin and Jake, man. um, For those that are starting out, you know, for those that are starting out, that are trying to get, you know, do this or maybe have done some deals and try and get to the point where they can have system and a team in place where they stop being a one man one woman show and start working on their business instead of in their business, man. What are some tips advice that you can give them, man?
1: shake more hands, uh, meet more people, tell people what you do. I know this sounds crazy, but I picked up, we picked up a deal in a pizzeria. I, I was just talking to the owner of the pizzeria. It turned out to be a six figure wholesale deal. So just tell people what you do, tell people and can continue to network and provide value. And you know, you'll see a lot of good things happen.
0: I love it, bro. Love it, bro. And uh, Austin.
2: Six letter word and that's commit. You know, Like you said before, most people fail not because they're not smart enough, not because they're not good looking enough, not because their their network's not good, because they don't actually commit to it. They write it down for one day and then they stop writing down their goals. So if you want to do something, whatever business, real estate, whatever, just commit to it. Actually full force commit and then try it out for a year. If it doesn't
1: work after a year, then you can change up courses. But if you commit to it, stay focused and take massive action, results Mm -hmm. will happen. Have the end result in your mind and just continue to show up every day. Just show up every day. And we promise you, good things will happen. Money feed.
0: <clears throat> man, I love to see the you, man, dude. It's so, it's so heated. Now, um, Austin Jake. So how do, um, so obviously, uh, how do people uh, connect with you, man?
1: Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at it's Jake. It's J A K E. D E R A A F F. Uh, the Austin Deraff. T H E A U S
2: T I N D E R. Two A's and two F's on Instagram. Shoot me a text, comment, whatever, and we'd love to get connected.
0: Love it, man. So you guys, I want—I'll I'll, be—I'll um, make sure to put uh, both of Jake and Austin links right below in the descriptions. Go ahead, dude. These are two good guys, man. Such a hustler, man. I love this interview. Um, I hope you guys get a lot of the, um, lot out of this interview. If you do, please show my guests some love. Be sure to smash the thumbs up. And uh, we're gonna wrap it up, man. Thank you so much, you guys, for taking your time to watch this video. I truly, honestly, um, hope that I add uh, a lot of value to you. Is there anything else you guys want to say, man?
1: We'll see you in Florida. I don't know if you're going to the the fourth quarter uh, event in Tampa, but we'll we'll see you there if you're there.
0: Dude, I hope, dude, I hope it's not in Florida again, man, because it's a six-hour flight for me. Um, for you're talking about the last quarter for uh, December, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah dude, I, I hope um it's somewhere else besides Florida, dude. Somewhere <laughs> I can fly for two hours instead of six hours. That's
2: so funny.
1: <laughs>
0: so I mean, uh, how far is it uh, from you guys?
1: I was only like a three-hour flight.
0: I like that a lot better. That's yeah. it. All right, you guys. Thank you so much. Austin and Jake, man. Thank you so much, man, Thanks for just really open, really open up and uh, just giving value, man. You got it. Take care, man.
2: See ya.